Will, this episode of TOEFOP is brought to you by ShipStation. Oh, really? Oh, it's nice to have ShipStation on board. I hear them sponsor other podcasts and I've always been slightly jealous that they didn't want to get involved <laughs> with the TOEFOP brand, Charlie. And now ShipStation are on board. Congratulations. Well, congratulations to us, I guess. I was going to say congratulations to, yeah. to ShipStation. <laughs> Commiserations no. to ShipStation. Congratulations to us. ShipStation.com. Make ship happen. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. The following episode of TOEFOP is rated M.A. It may contain Batman references, time travel references, sexual references, lost trains of thought, and mild course language. TOEFOP advises that the program is not suitable for anyone under the age of 15 or anyone who enjoys succinct, coherent conversation that might actually have a point. Minors must be accompanied by a parent, guardian or priest. This is John Deke speaking. Everyone relax, this is Tofop. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. Hello, Charlie. Uh, hello, Will. <clears throat> Sorry, just <clears throat> got something right? in my throat. got emotional seeing you. You okay? No, I mean, it's, it's nice to talk to you too. It's been at least a week. You don't need to get choked up, mate. <laughs> it's not even been a week. We actually just recorded our footy podcast just before this one, so I've, I've been talking to you for about an hour at least. I, I, I forgot to get a drink before we did our footy podcast, and normally I will have a beverage, you know, during the... And I just went like that sort of first hour of recording and didn't have a beverage for the entire hour and then thought i better get one because you know we're about to roll into another you know record and i was wondering maybe maybe i'm better off without the beverage you know i felt like Why? i was on point in the first show i was oh, distracted yeah. by you know sort of finding when when to drink i you know i didn't I mean, maybe maybe I have to have a, institute a new regime during you know records so that I don't drink. So it's kind of like an intermittent fasting thing, but with with fluids. It's like you do intermittent hydration. Well, because the other thing that fluids add into the mix is the idea that I might then need to go to the bathroom. You know, suddenly yes. I'm busting, like I'm not concentrating on what you're saying for the last twenty minutes because I'm urgently needing to go to the bathroom. Anyway, I've got when a, we, uh... I've got a, I've got I've got water for this podcast, so we'll see. <laughs> That last, uh, the last podcast we did where we sort of briefly touched on Avengers, which is a three-hour film, how did your bladder go during that? Did you make it through the whole thing? I've seen it twice now, and okay. uh, I took a bathroom break the second time. Okay. So the first one, you just toughed it out? First one, I know. First one, I've been preparing all day. So I'd limited my okay. water intake for a couple of hours before... <laughs> We, I love uh, it. A, you know, the same response would be to a guy going in a bodybuilding competition. <laughs> is you going to see the adventures? Yeah. So in the week before, I drank a lot of water. And then yeah. in the lead up to the actual movie itself, really yeah. dehydrated myself. And then I got two large... Carb loaded. Well, I got two large popcorns because I thought the, the, the saltiness from the popcorn would soak up extra hydration out of my body. Uh, but I also needed something that would like, you know, so I got two beers. So I had two beers and two large popcorns and that got me through the three hours without having to go to the toilet. But the second time I saw it, I was in a gold class theatre and it was like 9.30am and it was only me in the gold class and then a couple who were in the gold class as well. 
And so at one stage, I was just like, you know what? They won't like. I'm I'm just going to get up and go to the bathroom. <laughs> well, I was listening to the Weekly Planet, and I heard James saying that like in preparation, he was not going to drink anything during the day. He's going to make sure he was bone dry, so he didn't have to leave. And I thought, oh, that's a great tactic. But I have this routine. Uh, I have like a set morning routine. And the first thing I do when I wake up is drink like a liter of water. I like to sort of flush out all the toxins. And it's so built into my morning routine, I completely forgot. And I was like, like the morning that we were seeing Infinity uh, uh, Endgame, I was like, oh my God, no, I've drunk, a, I've drunk a liter of water. And then I kept drinking water for the morning. Like I kept forgetting it. I realized it's become so hardwired into my day. Because I try and like, I like to sort of build up at least two liters by lunchtime. So by the time we went in to see Endgame, like I had two liters of water in my belly and we went gold class as well. And I also ordered a couple of beers. So my bladder towards the end of that film was building. But I was like, it became a point of pride with me where I was like, look, I've made it like two hours and 45 minutes through this film. I can't give up now. Would Tony Stark give up? Would 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 Steve Rogers give up? No, they wouldn't. They would piss their pants in their seat. <laughs> would they? Is that the is that the moral of the film? That Captain America. I don't know. I passed out from the pain. I forgot how. It <laughs> I think that's how the film ended. Yeah, that, that's your secret. Spoilers. Charlie. You're always busting for the toilet. <laughs> I mean, spoilers. But the film ends with Tony Stark pissing the Iron Man suit. <laughs> Just fills up with urine. That's how he defeats Thanos. <laughs> yeah, it was weird that, yeah, at the end of the film, uh, three of your favourite Avengers are dead and then Tony Stark is pissing on their graves. It's weird. <laughs> it's a weird final scene. I waited until after the credits, but that definitely happened. Um, I had something happen to me uh, on the weekend. Great. Which potentially, in this era of everyone having a video camera in their phone, like it potentially... Uh, could be terrible for me. I haven't seen anything appear online yet, but I could have been the subject of a viral video that I guarantee if it had been captured and put online, it would be the kind of thing that would be on brown cardigan that would be shared with all your mates and everyone would be laughing at me. So to set the scene, Gemma and I are going to visit um, our friends Lou and Scott who have just had uh, a baby. And so um, it was this really windy, wet day in Sydney and we're driving there and Jem said, let's stop at a florist so we can get them some flowers and a bottle of champagne and all the blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, cool. So I dropped Jem at the florist and I find a park. And then by the time I sort of like get to the florist, Jem's got the flowers and she has been talked into buying. She asked them for balloons and the woman at the florist said, well, we've got this like really big balloon. It's like a, you know, um, a hot air balloon. It's, a it's actually a hot air balloon. It has a basket on the bottom. Dude, it was not that much smaller than a hot air balloon. Like it was a comically oversized balloon. Like I'm just like, have you seen the movie up? Well, we've got a balloon. <laughs> it was, it was, well, how, how big was it? It was, I, I would say, um, it would be the size of, well, it was too big to get in the car. That's the first thing we worked out. Oh. Cause we said to the woman, can we put this, you know, we put it, can we put it in the back of our sedan? It's like, yeah, yeah, it'll be fine. But we got there and there was no way. Like I had to hold it with two arms. Like I had to wrap my arms around it to carry it because it was that big. Okay. So, so yeah. Okay. So like she's basically said, this is perfect to celebrate the birth of a child or to race around the world in 80 days. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And so I said to Jem like, oh, come on. This is like a dumb. And she's like, no, it's cute. And it's funny. And it's like unexpected. Let's, so 
fortunately, we weren't too far from where our friends live. So I said to Jen, well, why don't you drive there with the flowers and everything else? And I will carry the balloon down and I'll meet you at their place. <laughs> and so she's like, okay, great. Now, I'm kind of when a little you say carry the balloon, were you carrying the balloon with like two hands or did it have like a string that you were holding on to? So it was filled with helium. Yeah. So it was like floating, right? But because it was a windy day, I was like, I'll just wrap my arms around it. I'll carry it like I'm carrying, like, like you know, when someone wins a, a pumpkin competition, they've grown like an oversized pumpkin. That's, that's about the size it was. It was like a giant, enormous pumpkin that I had to carry with two arms, right? Right. So, and I'm a little annoyed at this stage because I sent a gem like that is a ridiculous purchase. Like, what a, what a, she just wanted it for the shock, for the shock value and the surprise and stuff. And I was like, okay, great. But practicality. What are we going to do with this? Balloon? I mean, why are so they Jen even selling in? balloons that don't fit inside regular vehicles? It I just seems I un- impractical. I, 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 to be honest, I don't even know how you'd get it into an average doorway. It was that fucking big. I don't know. Maybe if you're going to a park or something like that. Anyway. But also, like, as a gift for your friends, they've just had a child. They don't need a giant annoying balloon in their house. Yeah. <laughs> it really was an impractical <laughs> gift. So, anyway. So Jem gets in the car, well, she starts back in the car and I start down Bondi Road carrying this big fucking balloon. And because it's so windy and stuff, I'm like, oh shit. No, first I'm carrying it on the string, which makes me a beacon for anyone driving or walking on Bondi Road because there is an enormous pink balloon floating above me, right? Oh, so, look, at, look at that big boy with his balloon. Look at you, <laughs> yeah, big boy. But- you a big baby. You got a big balloon, baby. I needed a giant wowie pop to oh, wick as well. Where's your wowie pop? <laughs> Did you drop your wowie pop? So I'm carrying it. I'm like, this is causing, uh, attracting too much attention. So then I bring it into my arms, pumpkin style. But it's so fucking big. I actually can't see where I'm going. Like I can't see over the fucking balloon. So I'm walking right. down the street, like, you know, trying to navigate around people and stuff and, and feeling like a bit of a dick. So I'm like, okay, so what I'll do <laughs> is I will... Hold it not by the string, no. but I'll hold it just by the um, you know the where you tie up the balloon, the balloon yeah. knot. I'll hold it by the balloon knot because that'll keep it steady, but low enough that it's not like floating above my head and like waving around, attracting attention. So hang on, so but you're holding it by the nozzle, but uh, to the side, up above your head, just next to my head, like uh, just on my shoulder, like that. Okay, <laughs> like possibly like if I was Pennywise. <laughs> If Pennywise, I mean, if the secret of Pennywise was like, you know, if, if, if Pennywise was starting out, he wasn't quite sure how to assimilate into like a human community, like how to be sort of discreet and be someone that kids would be drawn to. This was Pennywise's first attempt at luring a kid in. Yeah. Wasn't quite dressed for it. The bloom was too big. Everything was just off. It was draft one of Pennywise. Yeah, Pennywise day one. See, we always see yeah. Pennywise as this completed project. He's terrifying. Yeah, exactly. He's down a drain. He's got you know, sharp teeth and terrifying makeup. But what we don't realize is he didn't start out like that. You no. know, his early Pennywise gigs, the balloon was oversized. He got the wrong balloon. His clothes didn't fit properly. He couldn't do his own makeup. So it was Pennywise beta mode, I guess you'd call it. He hadn't gone to like, he hasn't gone to market yet. <laughs> So I'm walking down the road, it's a windy day, and I'm like, fuck, this balloon is like really starting to like move around a bit. So I'm trying to kind of like tighten my grip on the balloon nut. I get to this busy intersection, I bring the balloon down to my head, it fucking explodes. (laughs) 
And when I say it explodes, you got to imagine I'm holding it right next to my ear. I'm wearing a hat. It explodes with such force, it blows my hat off. <laughs> blows my hat off my head and makes a sound like a fucking neutron bomb has just got off. Like everyone within like a 500 meter radius turned to look to see this guy stumbling around on the footpath holding his ear trying to find his hat which has blown off into a garden somewhere oh look at the big baby he was he's what we popping <laughs> and then i see jem drive past she's been tailing me laughing so hard like she pulled over but when i got to the car she was in tears she was in tears. She was. She she could barely speak. She was laughing so hard, and I walk up. My ear is ringing. I've got the shards of this fucking enormous balloon in my hand, and I've got my hat in my hand, and I'm fucking furious. Like I'm so angry. By the time I get to the car, like I open the door, and Jem, between like bouts of choked laughter, is like, "Should we go back and complain?" And I'm like, "What are we gonna fucking complain about?" Like. It's buyer beware. You're the one who bought the oversized balloon. It didn't do anything that balloons don't do. What are we going to say to them? That we took their enormous balloon out and it popped. Well, also, not only... I think, I mean, in the end, it's a good thing that it popped because that that balloon could have killed a newborn baby. (laughs) 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 You've essentially just got a dangerous exploding device. Like that baby at the very least would have grown up with like a fear of balloons that it couldn't understand. (laughs) Will, it blew my hat off. (laughs) It blew the hat off my head. I mean. Like, it was a shockwave. A shockwave from the explosion. I mean, I expected to read in the paper next week that an explosion was recorded in Bondi. They sent an anti-terrorism unit out to Bondi Road. I mean... Oh, I just, my only regret is that there's no, I mean, can we we just put the call out? Please spread the word. If anybody has access to any video, like footage of this, I mean, is this one of those times where if we've got any police who listen to this, maybe anyone who owns a business in the area that might have some CCTV footage, like just anything that we could find. What were, what were the sort of shops that were nearby? Yeah, no, I was, I was, I was walking past plenty of shops. I walked past, I was walking past a synagogue, which surely would have CCTV up around there for security. Okay, so we've, if there's anyone who listens who goes to that synagogue, who knows someone on the inside of the synagogue and wants to get us access to their CCTV, I mean, <laughs> I'm willing to. I mean, it was we'll make basically it a Patreon a wa- level. We'll get some money together. We'll pay for the footage. It was basically, uh, I feel like basically it was a war crime. <laughs> a war crime, but it's self-inflicted war crime. Like you are the person. Yeah, I guess so. It was the equivalent of a, it was a non I was a non-lethal suicide bomber. Right. Oh, that is, I mean, that is amazing. That is like, and just the potential for that to go wrong. Every bit of that was potential to go wrong. Like, how many of yes. those balloons do you think that they sell? That they, that they even well, have know, them available? You know what? Jim paid for it. 30 bucks for a balloon. Michael, can you Google enormous balloons? Can we just find out what they're used for? Like, just t- type in uh, big party balloon. 
<laughs> Baby, it's a girl, 30, $30 oh, party balloon. So did it have like uh, writing on it? Did it say something? Yes, it was a big pink balloon that said in like, you know, uh, 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 adorable writing, it's a girl or whatever. So like guaranteed to draw eyes to it. I mean, I didn't even, my, my shame was so great. I did not even bother to look around. Like I just assumed people were laughing at me, but I didn't. I just, I just, my eyes never left the footpath. Well, once I got my hearing back, <laughs> and like I, w I wasn't so dazed, and I found my, dug my hat out of a garden over someone's fence, I just went straight to Jem's car, and I just did not look up. But I'm sure that people were laughing at me. So, firstly, um, it's good that your hearing did come back because that would be a terribly embarrassing story to have to share with people to explain why you couldn't hear anymore. <laughs> Secondly, so did you get the? So did you? Were you left with like the nozzle? in your fingers or yes. had you dropped I was it left... out of surprise? No, I was left with this like flaccid rubber, pink rubber shard in my hand, which because it was such a big balloon, it was probably about three foot long. I was so angry. I think it's still in the car. I threw it. <laughs> I threw it against the windscreen when I got into the car. Oh. Okay, so there we go. Mike Hal's found a link to oh. huge helium It's a Girl balloons. Oh, boy. Oh, uh, these don't look nearly as big as what I was dealing with. This thing was... It was like a, an earth ball. Is there a chance Here it we was go. overinflated? Is there a chance... I think ...that so. the cowboys down at the florist had overinflated with helium, a, a balloon that was not meant to be sort of pumped up to... Because I assume they're not meant to explode. I assume that like part of the trick isn't like she didn't say to Jem, oh, this will be really fun. And at some stage it's going to explode and shock everybody. So I assume they're meant to not explode. So therefore I'm no, saying it was overinflated not. at the florist. All right. I found, I found a one that is equivalent size, which will give you some idea. I'm just going to drop it into the message window. This will give you an idea of how big this fucking thing was. Check out this link. Okay. So just click on that. All right. Oh, take now, a look. This one has confetti inside it. The one you've put there here, though. Did this one have confetti inside it? No, oh, well, I don't know. I didn't. I don't think so. Okay. No, I don't think it does have confetti inside it. But look at the size of it. You see that guy's hand? Yeah. How big it is compared to that guy's hand? Well, and, I mean, compared to your hand, it'll look even bigger. <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch. Maybe it wasn't a big balloon. Maybe it's just in contrast to your tiny hands. It was a normal size balloon. Um, I love, I, I, I don't, like, I think you would know if yours had confetti in it, but now that I know that they can have confetti in them, that's the only disappointment I have out of this story, <laughs> is that it didn't also, it wasn't filled with gender reveal confetti, and you were standing on the corner of a street outside a synagogue, thinking that you'd just been shot while pink confetti rained down over your head. <laughs> on hands and knees, scrambling around for my hat. Which has been blown off by the force of the explosion. Man loses hat and gets covered in confetti. <laughs> like 12 million views. Check out Charlie's SoundCloud. This actually would be a good way for us to get some viral publicity for the podcast. So if we do have, yeah. uh, if anyone has um, any footage of this, I'm happy to send it on to Australia's Funniest Home Videos. America's Funniest Home Videos, like like you said, all those internet sites, your brown cardigans. Uh, you know, I, I think this just this would be everywhere. Yeah, it'd be amazing. And I'd also like to see, because I only have my 
you know, impression of how things went down. But I would love to yeah. see from like an outside perspective how I how I responded in a crisis because I think pretty badly. I'd like to get Fuck Jerry on board. I know they've had, uh, you know, they've obviously had the trouble working with the Fire Festival, so they'll be used to working with a, an organisation as competent as Tofop. We are the Fire <laughs> Festival of podcasts. We had a few people messages this week because the uh, Hulu version mm. of uh, the Fire Festival documentary was on Channel 7 on the weekend. Did you catch any of it? I watched about three quarters of it. Yeah, so... Okay. I've taped it. So is it worth well, is, is it worth going back to the well on it? Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, it, why don't you watch it and then we'll talk about it uh, more when you've watched it. It adds some extra perspective, I would say. is it like Fire, fe- Fire Fest 2. Yeah, and the, the thing discussion. that's interesting about it is that um, <coughs> the, the interview with him, like because Billy is interviewed you know, throughout it, um, right, does add an extra bit of uh, interest to it. And the other thing is, you'll love this just as a person who makes you know films and stuff yourself. Is the way that they've chosen to shoot the interviews because you always have a you know when you're trying to do that thing where you're like well we're, gonna, we're just going to essentially put someone in a chair where they've chose <laughs> chosen to shoot them and the way that it's styled. I think you'll have some thoughts on. Okay. All right, I'll watch that. I'll watch that this weekend, and we can talk about the next episode. Well, we're going to take a little break from the show to talk about our new sponsor, ShipStation. Welcome on board, ShipStation. For a start, what is who are ShipStation, and what do ShipStation do, Charlie? Well, let me uh, answer your question with another question. Will okay. do you sell stuff online? Say yes. Yes, yes, I do. I sell <laughs> so much stuff online. Then you know what a pain the shipping process is. It's time consuming. Oh. It can be expensive. You're always copying and pasting orders from from multiple sites trying to figure out the best carrier. You know what? It's it's a hassle. Hang on. Is this advertising copy from ShipStation or is this from a clairvoyant who understands my life in every intricate detail? Well, let's say it's both. ShipStation may also be clairvoyant. We haven't verified that, but let's say, yes, you're, you're right on both counts. ShipStation was created to make your life a little easier. And guess what? Now it's the number one e-commerce solution. The number one. Oh, thanks for getting on board once you're number one, ShipStation. Oh, you know what? I've gone through a lot of e-commerce solutions and many of them have been terrible, but now I've got to number one. Whether you're selling on eBay, Amazon or Shopify or over a hundred other popular, popular selling channels, ShipStation lets you access all of your orders from one simple dashboard. That's amazing because I actually sell from 98 different uh, sites. I'm, I'm all over the internet. This I'm all over this because I've been trying to uh, I've been trying to off- offload some stuff. I've been trying to get rid of CDs. Do you remember CDs? Will compact discs? I believe they're known as. Yes. Yeah, I do remember them. What are you trying to do with them? I have a Beatles box set. It's uh, I think it's commonly known as the Beatles bread box. Uh, I bought it in like 1998 when I thought I'm going to hang on to this forever. <laughs> this is not only this is not only like you know music history. It's a keepsake. It's all the Beatles CDs with a little booklet in a little bread box that says the Beatles on the outside. I better get this because where else would I ever hear Beatles music? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've been trying to sell this thing, and I tell you, it's been a pain in the ass using all these e-commerce sites, and ShipStation could solve all my problems. So the way it works is they work with all the major shipping carriers locally and globally, including FedEx, UPS, and all the local couriers like USPS, Australia Post, and more. I use more all the time, so that's ideal. Yeah, Darcy Moore has his own company. Yeah, exactly. Darcy Moore from the Collingwood Football Club. I, I actually use his father, Peter Moore. Anyway, these are very obscure jokes for the good people at ShipStation. 
Shit station will recommend the best carrier based on your needs, so you can know that you're always getting the best deal. They even offer special discounts on shipping costs. A one-man shop can access the same postage discounts that are usually reserved for large Fortune 500 companies. I like the idea that if you use ShipStation, you can call yourself a one-man shop. Exactly. And I feel like we are a Fortune 500 company. In that in 500 years, we will finally make a fortune from this podcast. <laughs> It's no wonder that ShipStation is the number one choice of online sellers. You'll ship more in less time at the best rates available. So here's the important bit. This is the call to action. Right now, TOEFOP listeners get to try ShipStation for free for 60 days when you use the promo code TOEFOP. There's absolutely no risk. You can start your free trial without even entering your credit card info. So how's that? 60 days of just responsibility-free shipping. I mean, even if you don't ship things... Consider starting to ship things just based on this deal. Yeah, get your ship together. All right, I was expecting a bigger laugh there. I'll continue. Sorry. <laughs> no <yeah. reaction laughs> <from my choice. laughs> All you need to do is visit shipstation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page and type in TOFOP. That's T-O-F-O-P. Shipstation.com. Enter the promo code TOFOP and make ship happened. <laughs> happened. Not happened. Happened. God <laughs> oh, damn it. Has to be a shorter ep uh, this week because I've got a flight to catch. So I thought we would yes. get straight into the mailbag, the type of respondents. Um, yeah, let's do that. Uh, thank you, everyone, who uh, writes in on our Patreon page. Of course, for any new listeners, uh, Patreon is the best way to support our show. You go to patreon.com forward slash TOFOP. It's like a crowdfunding site, but it uh, deducts a monthly amount from uh, your credit card or your bank account, which goes to us, which helps us pay for the show. Um, and also, there's a heap of bonus content on our Patreon site. We have uh, a video of the of the live show we did with James Fosdyke last month. We have Q&A videos. We've got Quantum Cop comic books. We have um, Everyone Relax, bunch of bonus content there, but also... You can communicate with us on Patreon. You can send us a message. And if we deem the correspondence worthy enough, you could win yourself an exclusive 1 in 50 TOEFOP sticker pack. And when I say 1 in 50, I can't be certain of that because I've been numbering them, but then forgetting what numbers I've written down. So the last few I've sent out, I think we're at 17 or 18, but there may be doubles. There may be a couple of 17s and a couple of 18s going out there because I keep forgetting what number we're up to. And when we say sticker pack, more sticker sheet. Sticker sheet. <laughs> sticker sheet. <laughs> So our uh, first TOEFOP respondent is from Nick, who says, Hey, TOEFOP, is a fuck you still required? No. I think we said the first person to write in and say fuck you will win one for free. That was a long time ago, Nick. You missed the boat. Fingers crossed no one else sends something with their address to this show. Hopefully this is content. And then he goes on to say, The Bowlology Report is the TOEFOP of cricket podcasts. Have you ever heard of the Bowlology Report? Well... I haven't, but I know that um, Damien Fleming refers to himself as the bowlologist. So I'm right. I'm just going to guess based on absolutely nothing that maybe Damien Fleming is involved in the bowlology. It may be a coincidence. I, I think the problem with that name is I almost misread that as the bowlology report. Well, I mean, also a great podcast. <laughs> uh, he asks us, what are some of your favorite sports podcasts aside from junk time? Uh, what do I like to listen to in the sporting world? Um, I like the Final Word podcast, which is a, um, a cricket podcast. And um, I was a guest on that actually recently. And um, yeah, it was it was one of those things where, you know, sometimes when you record something, so 
uh, one of their, you know, we record over Skype all the time, but it was one of those situations where there was two of us in the same room, but we weren't on the same screen. And then one of the guys is in the UK. And so when we were doing it, I was like, oh, I don't know how that went. And then when it came out, I suddenly had all these cricket journos and actual (laughs) former Australian cricketers message me privately on Twitter and stuff to say that they'd enjoyed the podcast and that I'd actually said some really sensible things about cricket and stuff. And I was like, Oh, wow. I did. I would, I did not expect that, but you, yeah, you can uh, catch me on that. It's a really good podcast. If you like cricket. Um, I only listen to AFL sports podcast. I really like the real footy one, which is the age journalist, Caro yep. and Greg Baum and, and those don't think Bob Murphy sits in on that from time to time. Um, and I really, really like if you're into AFL, I think we've talked about this before, maybe on our other show, the greatest season that was 93, which is uh, they posit this theory that the best year ever for Aussie rules was in 1993 when you had all the superstar forwards and the closest amount of games decided by a goal and under. And um, so what they do each week is they will focus on a team and then they'll speak to someone who is associated with that team in that era and you get all this inside goss. It's a really fascinating, really well-researched. It's the complete opposite of what two guys one cup is. Uh, Nick finishes off with what are some movies or TV shows that you hated that everyone else has loved thanks for all the laughs Nick Mm. Um. well I can there's not really I can I can tell there's one that comes to mind there's a filmmaker that everyone seems to love and he wins Oscars and stuff but I've never liked any of his films and that's Clint Eastwood I think his films are terrible and I feel like he's pulled some magic trick to make everyone think there's he's this amazing director but I just don't like his films I find them really kind of like on the nose I am hit and miss on Clint Eastwood like I think some stuff's really great and I yeah a bit take it or leave it um well I've said before that I, I am not as unequivocal a Steven Spielberg fan as everybody else in the world seems to be uh I've never seen the movie Avatar and I don't plan on seeing any of the sequels to the movie Avatar, uh, despite the fact that I actually like James Cameron films in general, like, or at least have liked some James Cameron films. Um, mm. Is there a big, t- well, the Big Bang Theory is the biggest show in the, the biggest comedy show in the world. Yeah. But I mean, none of your friends would like the Big Bang Theory. No. Would they? And if they did, they wouldn't be my friends anymore. Well, is there something that all your friends love that you just don't like? Oh. Like, is it like Breaking Bad or... No, I like Breaking Bad. I've never watched The Sopranos. I still like, I still haven't been able to yeah, make it past same. the first couple of episodes of The Sopranos. Even though everybody's like, you you got to watch it. And I'm like, yeah, I like those sort of shows. I've been yeah. re-watching Deadwood. I am surprised at how much I've enjoyed the re-watch of Deadwood. I was wondering, wondering that, that that might not stand up, but I've actually really been enjoying that. I'll tell you what I have made a bit of a comeback on um, is... I was completely off Ricky Gervais. I had pretty much mm. given up on Ricky Gervais and mostly because of his Twitter feed and his stand-up. I was just like, <laughs> he's not for me anymore. I'm, I'm going to just ignore everything Ricky Gervais does. And everybody was like messaging me going, you've got to watch Afterlife. It's like, it's really good. It's a real comeback for him. And I was like, I bet it's not. I bet it's him just yeah. dressing up his smarmy bullshit with some new <laughs> conceit like he did in Derek. And it'll be, you know, really cynical and patronizing and absolute fucking shit. And then I watched four episodes of it last night and was like, this is actually pretty funny and I like this. So, so far I'm enjoying that. Yeah, I liked Afterlife as well. I found that though, that character though, the female character that they sort of set up as being kind of like the anchor point, she's 
underutilized. I don't, I'd like to see more from her in the second series because they sort of set her up as someone we should be interested in and then she doesn't get to do anything. Well, I, yeah, so I'm not far enough into fully know that yet but i yeah watch the first sort of well three and a half episodes well you wouldn't believe really it by the last episode she pisses her pants oh well, <laughs> well i'll definitely watch till just the like tony stark <laughs> stacy writes in uh hey tofop i've seen bin related news for you okay great just before christmas yes that's how far behind we are on catching up on our mailbag just before christmas i was doing a long distance drive and got roped into giving a friend's mate a lift it was pretty weird he got in the car said hi, pulled his hoodie up, and fell asleep for most of the ride. Anyway, since there was no conversation to be had, I decided to catch up on the backlog of Tofop, which just happened to be the Bin Trilogy. So, months later, the same guy spots me at Adelaide Fringe Festival, and he says, hey, whatever happened with all that dude's bins? (laughs) (laughs) It seems like he was awake after all. On a completely unrelated note, since I'm writing this, I may as well tell you this as well. Will, I went to one of your shows that you did in Sydney in December. It was the night where you were asking people what they did for a living. They were all responding, nurses, teachers, uh, saint, etc. And you were feeling bad because you can't pick on people with jobs like that. You ended up settling on roasting some guy who was an exporter or something. I was two seats down from the nurse and in a cold sweat, seeing as I'm a lawyer from a mining company. Oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> And I had friends there who dumped me in the shit if I'd pretended that I was, who dumped me in the shit if I'd pretended I was anything else. If you picked on me, I've already thought about yelling aggressively that I was a Patreon subscriber. (laughs) Contrary to what you thought, you seem to have a lot of lawyers as listeners. Bye. (laughs) Would you have picked on her? Yeah, absolutely. Lawyer for a and then when company? She, and then when she, busts, when she busts out the Patreon thing, yeah, what I'd would be you like, say then? Well, yeah, co- yeah, of course you got some extra money to spend on Patreon. You're getting that <laughs> dirty mining money, digging up everybody's resources and then protecting them by getting them around the laws that protect everyday Australians from the greed of the 1% who are stealing our natural resources and then ruining the environment. Yeah, you should up your Patreon contribution to sort of ease the stain on your soul. Anyway, it would have been along those lines. <laughs> <laughs> Our last bit of Tough Respondents comes from Ross. Oh, uh, Ross, cut that last bit out. Oh, Mike Alakit forgetting. Not- <laughs> this is from Ross. Uh, dear Will and Charlie, I'll keep it to the point after my last facts incited a newsagent lady's curse. RIP, everyone read facts. Out of the Australian Podcast Awards nominated, which have you heard of and which podcast would you give an award to based on the name alone? Okay, great. What is your take on the concept of a podcast award show or any award ceremony? Uh, and then he gives his address. Uh, oh, and an edit. Before I, po- I posted this before, listen to Ramo- Ramona Lisa where you touch on it briefly so you can disregard the last question. Well, maybe worth reminding people. Uh, we're not really that fussed about awards for this show, are we? No. I mean, which is a very easy thing for, to say for a show that, probably isn't going to win any awards however um i just think awards for art and i use art in a very loose sense you know to describe podcasts but i think that you know you like what you like you know we're not in competition against each other particularly in podcasts like i mean sometimes tv shows or whatever you know i have some good friends who both work on football tv shows and the networks that they're on put those tv shows up against each other and you know, sometimes people choose to watch one over the other. So I guess in some ways they're in competition, although I'd imagine there's a whole bunch of people who 
you know, if you like footy and you like, you know, comedians, you probably would enjoy both shows. But in the podcast world, it's not like you're like, well, if I listen to this, therefore I can't listen to this other thing. It's one of those mm. things I actually like about podcasts is that, you know, I've got into heaps of my, you know, favorite podcasts through, you know, one of the podcasts I've listened to and one of those people appearing on another podcast or, um, you know, often when I start listening to a new podcast, I'll listen to an episode where it's someone from a podcast that that I already enjoy. So I don't like the idea mm. of that somehow there needs to be awards and then it becomes a competition. And I, I the thing I hate the most is when you then have to beg your listeners. It becomes one of those things where it becomes a competition where you have to beg your listeners to vote for something <laughs> that you don't even really want in the first place. Yeah. And also, you know, I mean, the argument against all awards shows, as you sort of touched on, is that it's a, it's completely subjective. And I cannot think of a medium that is more subjective and more niche than podcasting. Like, how can you possibly separate you know, the very specific interest that these people have. Like I'm just looking at what's nominated and there's like a neighbor's recap podcast. You know, <laughs> Like how can you possibly like uh, compare that to the club Soderberg, which is in the same category where they evaluate the films of Steven Soderberg. Like they're not even the same thing. Yeah. No, if there was two podcasts that were both about neighbors or two podcasts that were both about Steven Soderberg. Sure. I guess. But I guess if you were really into Steven Soderbergh, you might just listen to both podcasts. And if you're really into Neighbours, you might listen to both podcasts. Um, yeah, I, don't, I, I mean, you know, it, like it's always nice to win an award. Like, don't get me mm. wrong. But yeah, I, I am not a huge fan of awards. And look, uh, you like what you like. And we've talked about our favourite podcast many times on this show. I've got to give another shout out just because I think it's so brilliant what he's doing. But Tony Martin Sizzletown each oh, week. I genius. feel like he is doing something completely different with the format. It's something that I, yeah, give that I think a lot awards. of us have I'd be happy with that. About. If they just gave Tony yeah. Martin all the awards, I'd be like, no, nah, no, nah, that seems fair enough. Um, while we're talking podcasts, I might give a few a plug because I've been on a heap <laughs> yep, of it. other people's podcasts recently. So The Final Word, which is the cricket one that I mentioned earlier, but I have also been a guest on um, Vic and M's Comedy Gems. I don't think that one's out yet, but that's coming up very soon. And then I was also on uh, Josh Earl's podcast, the live one during the Melbourne Comedy Festival, which is very funny. And I'm on the most recent episode of The Little Dum Dum Club, uh, which is a really funny episode as well, which was a live one recorded at the Melbourne Comedy Festival. Oh, and I should also uh, thank the listeners out there who campaigned uh, or harassed Josh Earl to get me on uh, his podcast. He did contact me. Um, we tried to make it line up during the comedy festival, but I was away. Uh, we're going to look to do something in the future. So thank you, everyone, for uh, uh, leave Josh alone now. Like he's aware uh, we've made contact and it'll, it'll take, it, take it from there. No need to keep reminding him to get me on the show. Yeah. All right, we're going to pick a winner out of those correspondence. So we've got Stacey who had the uh, the guy who fell asleep listening to the Bin Trilogy. We've got Nick, who wants to know what films we hate that everyone else likes. And we've got Ross with his podcast question. Um, I, I like... None of, them are, none of them are internationals, so... I like the... i got to be honest with you. I like the guy who slept through the... Because we've talked a lot about, Spaces. you know, going to sleep, you know, during the podcast. And I like the idea that this guy was kind of like half-sleeping... You know, just getting yeah. like this story of your convoluted, convoluted bin story, and I, yeah, I like the fact that he thought the only way to find out what the resolution was was to ask her and not actually just download the podcast <laughs> and find out himself. Oh, so I reckon that one is definitely the sticker book, the sticker yeah. page uh, for me. 
Yeah, and also she paid money to see you at the comedy store or, or wherever you played in Sydney, so we probably owe her, right? Yeah, well, I don't know. It's dirty, rotten mining money. I, I had forgotten about that. <laughs> I'd forgotten that she was a dirty, rotten mining lawyer, but yes, let's, let's send her some stickers. Okay, guys, sorry for the short episode this week. We'll try and make up for it. We'll de- yeah, maybe yeah. we'll delve deeper into the mailbag next time. Um, like I said, best way to support the show is go to patreon.com. You can also uh, support us by going to any of our sponsors. ShipStation, I believe, is this week's sponsor. Um, so if you go to ShipStation, use the, the promo code TOFOP, and that way they know that um, uh, uh, we sent you. Uh, what else? Uh, we're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. Um, um, if you want to send us an email, you can go to tofop.com where all our podcasts are, are, are honed and there's a little button there called Hey Tofop. You click on that and the message will come sent straight to us. That's for people who aren't Patreon subscribers. We will get to that mailbag eventually. It was a short episode, but you know what? To be honest, we've done much longer episodes and not had a story as good as that story about the balloon exploding. <laughs> <laughs> i got to be honest, we could have stopped after that. I feel like this is a podcast that should have only gone for 14 minutes. We should have stopped at the end of that story and just said, thank you very much, best TOEFOP ever. I'm Charlie Clausen. I'm Will Anderson. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you.